Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And just like that, the Tennessee Titans sit alone atop the AFC South. And they have a week to enjoy themselves. They hit their bye week at three and two after another win, another hard fought down to the wire win. But here they are five weeks into the season, three and two, the only team in the AFC South with a winning record following uh, Sunday's 21-17 victory over the Washington Commanders. We will uh, we will look a little bit more into what happened in that game we'll look ahead to the week what's coming we'll we'll start with the uh i I guess the day's headlines real quickly we're we're recording this tuesday the minnesota vikings have claimed uh claimed theo jackson sixth round pick in this year's draft off the uh, or signed him off the titans practice squad so the titans lose a uh a member of their 2022 draft class as we start this episode of uh, the Believe in Titans podcast, John Glennon, let me ask you: Is is this a big loss for the uh, the Titans? Is it is it is it a non-factor? Is it somewhere in between? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you can classify it as a, as a big loss. You know, uh, he had yet to play a a snap uh, this year, um, but uh, you know, I, I think there was some potential there, uh, certainly, or. You know, they, they made him, um, uh, they elevated him from the practice squad. We know for the Indianapolis game, uh, didn't get to play. He was inactive for that game. But I do think there was some some potential. Uh, you know, it seems like they've been trying to look for that guy who can fit that Dane Crookshank role. Uh, and even though Theo Jackson didn't make the team coming out of uh, uh, training camp, you know, I, I still think they thought that maybe down the road, this is a guy that, you know, could could be able to do that that type of uh, of deal, uh, um, and uh, certainly anytime you you lose anybody from your immediate draft class, you know that 
that uh, that hurts uh, as well. Uh, not to mention the fact that the, you know there's the the local angle as well. Of course, Theo Jackson, uh, one of two Overton High School players uh, that, that were playing here for the for the Titans. Um, so disappointing, but you know, I guess on the other hand, we, we've certainly, you know, uh, taken some shots at the Titans draft classes of 2020 and 2021, rightfully so, because they haven't contributed very much. Well, this is another indication that this 2022 draft class is pretty good. You know, we, we've had a lot of contributions from this draft class in the first place, and the fact that another team is is grabbing, you know, one of your draft picks off the practice squad and saying. He's on our 53, another good indication that, you know, he's probably got some potential down the road here. Yeah, and interestingly enough, he goes to Minnesota, fills a roster spot created uh, by an, an injury, I guess it was, to running back Ty Chandler, who is another Nashville guy, who uh, Montgomery Bell Academy, who actually who also went to the University of Tennessee, was teammates with Theo Jackson there, spent four years there before he finished his career at uh, at North Carolina. So uh, so Minnesota building a little bit of a Nashville connection. But but Denard Walker, let let me ask you this: um, you know Jackson drafted certainly. No one expected him to play a huge role this year. You have Kevin Byard. You signed uh, Amani Hooker to a contract extension before this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the Titans are set at safety. They can they can retry this. They can they can draft a safety again next year and sort of be right in the exact same situation. Yes, and not to mention they're both healthy, and that's the key. So I mean, this is a great uh, for Theo. I think it's a great opportunity opportunity for him to go to Minnesota uh, and he signed uh, on the active roster. So he's getting ready to suit up and getting ready to go. And so if you're Tennessee right now, you know, you're solid at the safety position. You got two of the top safeties in the league, one and three respectively, and they're deep at that position. So it probably was going to be hard for Theo to get on the field this year and possibly next year with them signing Amani. So uh, this is a great opportunity for both clubs. I mean, if you look at it for Tennessee, you're good right now. It's not going to hurt you because you got uh, depth at the safety position and not to mention for Theo, this gives him an opportunity to showcase his talents and, and take it on to Minnesota. I, I do have to correct you. Amani Hooker has missed the last two games with a concussion, but uh, that is, you know, that is one of those things. It's not like a knee injury or right. an ankle that you expect will plague him all year long. Certainly the extra week here is, is going to help him. I'll take this opportunity to say that the believe in Titans podcast is brought to you by bet online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards. BetOnline where the game starts. Let's let's go to where Sunday's game at Washington ended. Down near the goal line, a, a lot of drama. Three plays by the defense from the uh, from the two with Washington having the ball at the two yard line. The last of those, David Long's interception. Denard Walker 
how good a defensive stand was that? What uh, what particularly stood out to you in 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 those three plays and the way the uh, the Titans held on to win that game? Well, at resiliency because Washington marched down the field uh, that last series. I said, uh oh. If you give this young team life, they're going to find a way to win. And not to mention Carson Wentz played his best game of the season. He played like a monster. So, again, Ron Rivera called him out during the week, said the problem with our team is at the quarterback position. And uh, he looked great. And so what, what I love about Tennessee is they made a play when it counted. I thought this defense played lights out. Uh, imagine, well, Washington was 0-8 for third down. Um, Sunday, and not to mention, you look at it, they didn't get their first third down until 28 seconds left in the game. And the only reason they was able to sustain that drive on the last series, they converted on fourth and short. So that shows you how suffocating this defense was. And the fact that they made a play, they made a play at the end shows you that this defensive unit can be a championship caliber defense. Yeah, it, it's interesting with this with this defense too. Really good on third down all year long. Not so good on fourth down. Um, you know, John Glennon, what, what do we make of that? Is that is that an oddity? Is that uh, I mean, how how do you interpret those numbers? It is an oddity, no doubt. Um, you know, they they are, I believe, number one now uh, in the league in in third down defense, uh, as you can imagine after after two of the last three weeks. Uh, I've been really good in that. Like, but I, I you know, maybe a, a time or two on on fourth down. I think this in a Commanders game. Um, you know, they they've kind of they kind of backed away a little bit in in that instance particularly. A first down wasn't killing. They were scared bigger right. during that final drive than they were about giving up the first down on a fourth down. So I can't I can't get on them uh, uh, too much uh, in that particular situation. What. What you know? What really kind of uh, interested me, you know, in that last drive, um, and and I thought uh, Brian Baldinger did a really nice uh, clip on it today. The NFL Network uh, uh, analyst um, on on Twitter, and and he talked about some of the uh, showed some of the different strategies the Titans used on those final three plays, and and really the Titans changed things quite a bit. Instead of you know going after the passer, you know, kind of blitzing them hard, trying to make them hurry. They dropped almost everybody. You know, they, they only really rushed maybe a couple guys at most, and then they were dropping people all near near the goal line uh, to kind of confuse Carson Wentz to give him something different to look at, and it clearly worked pretty well. You know, the first play, uh, you know, the, the first down, he's not even really being uh, attacked much, and yet he still just chucks the ball, you know, almost was intercepted on that first down play, trying to throw it away. Second down, who who knocks that pass away? It's not a secondary member. It's a combination of, of Tier Tart and Jeffrey Simmons uh, coming together to, to knock that pass away. And then on third down, uh, again, we see these guys drop and drop. And there's really only a couple guys that are going after Carson Wentz. Uh, and sure enough, David Long is the guy who jumps in the way of that last Carson Wentz pass. So the change in strategy uh, really impressed me there. And the fact that uh, as, as Denard referenced too, this is at the end of an 18 play, 87 yard drive at the end of a game. Got to think these guys had to be a little gassed out there, but they were able to kind of suck it up and, and make one more big stop there and, and get the win. And, and, you know, guys continue to talk about it after the games and, and even, even during the week, how, uh, how much belief they have 
in those situations and they have they have won more than their share of close games under Mike Vrabel and and Jeffrey Simmons talked about it after this one in particular where he said uh, you know whatever problems we might have in the game I want us to be on the field if if it's going to come down to the end of the game I want us to be the ones on the field on defense I want us to I want us to be able to to defend whatever we need to defend because I I think we're going to make a play I'm paraphrasing him there but that was the uh, I mean that was the the gist of of what he said and uh, you know we we saw it 2 weeks earlier against the Raiders they got the uh, they got the big pass break up on the on the two-point conversion uh this you know this is a uh i think i probably said it within the last two weeks but this you know this is the ultimate example of a team that they don't ask you how you won they ask if you won right like i mean if this was about style points no way would you say the titans are a a first place team or or a, a legitimate playoff contender at this point but they uh you know they're they're winning and and you got to give them you got to give them credit for that and and we all know you know the old saying I used I used to not understand this when I was a kid but you know nothing succeeds like success and the more you win now the the more it's going to help you win later and uh, and this this team schedule is going to get tougher but uh, but here they are at three and two and and kind of to my point John you put this out on Twitter you, you look at sort of the 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 most primary statistics in the NFL, you know, Titans are 30th in total offense. They're 26th in defense. They're 23rd in scoring offense, 18th in, in scoring defense. I mean, the, the only place that they're in the top half of the league statistically is, is in stopping the run where they're, uh, where they're in the top 10. So uh, Denard, I, I guess we'll go back to you is, I mean, winning is the most important thing, right? It, it, you can, you can, it, if if you're in that locker room and you've got all these statistics that don't look good, but you're three and two in first place, how good would you feel about that? I feel great <laughs> because you know what? If Carson hits that slant route, if David doesn't bait him and, and jumps in front of that, let's say he squeezes that ball in there, this podcast, we're, we're, it's a whole new different podcast. And the fact that they they found a way to win at the end of the game, that's that's what you have to do. And and just to kind of piggyback on what you're talking about, this run defense, Brian Robertson, again, a stud out of Alabama. I think he's going to be a great one. He's coming back from a serious uh, – what, he had a little off-the-field issue. Yeah, got, got shot. Yeah, got shot. You know, <laughs> it was amazing. And you saw before the game when they introduced him in the starting lineup how loud that crowd got, you know. So I'm proud that he got – on the field but that was their running game and he fits what nine for 22 yards that is a total domination for your defensive line I thought Jeffrey Simmons had a heck of a game Danico Autry I'm glad the big man is back they played great but the only negative part and I don't want to get into this because but they have to eliminate the explosive plays David and John this is the, the Achilles heel of this defense and what's kind of baffled me is we thought this was going to be the strong point coming in, into the season. And again, you got some dogs coming in later on down the line after this bye week. So they're going to have to get better in the passing defense if they want to be a championship uh, type of defense this year. Yeah, uh, let's let's ride with that, John. Look look deeper than the numbers there. What uh, what what don't those numbers say about the Titans, either on on offense or defense, that uh, that that people should know right now with this team? 
Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw another batch of numbers at you. And and I think the, the reason the Titans are three and two, uh, well, well, a couple reasons, actually, uh, dis- despite those those kind of, you know, questionable numbers that, that we talked about before. One of them, OK, we, we do we do have to look at, you know, the, the caliber of team that they have played, too. And they have not it's not been a murderer's row uh, these these last three weeks either. Uh, you know, you've got a combined total, I think, of four wins in in these three teams that they beat in, in Indy, the Raiders, and the Commanders. So, you know, the, the heavier part of the schedule, the, the more difficult part, I think, is is still down the road. Um, but what they have done, I think, probably more successfully, um, you know, than, than almost any other team is success in the, in the red zone on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they don't get down to the red zone nearly as much as they would like to, especially in the second half, but incredible success rate once they get down there. They've scored touchdowns on nine straight possessions in the red zone, 11 of 12 all year. I think their their success rate is, is over 90% now. There's no other team that's even above 80 in terms of offensive red zone success. So, they're efficient when the, when they get down there. They're they're getting as many points as they can. Other side of the ball, they're I think they're still top ten, uh, keeping teams out of the end zone in red zone situations. So, you know, and Mike Vrabel addressed this uh, in the off season, and, and he referenced it again the other day. He said about thirty percent of the game is played in the red zone, uh, and that's why there was so much emphasis put on that. Uh, you know, this past offseason and regularly under under Brable as well. Now, the, the cynic might say um, maybe you should kind of put that emphasis on the on the remaining 70 percent uh, of the game uh, also. Um, but but nonetheless, I, I think if you can succeed really well in, in both red zones like that, you're going to be in just about every game, no matter how much the, the total yardage and, and some other statistics might not look so good. And, and we should say this, too. Randy Bullock has missed one field goal attempt this season. If he makes that one, this yeah. team's four and one, and you know, and and the uh, the mood is even is even better among uh, among Titans fans. Denard, I, I want to ask you about that though. What what makes a good red zone defense? What is is there something that 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 you have to have down there to uh, to defend that part of the field particularly well? You have to have courage because remember, it's, it, it comes down to numbers. It's it's easy. If you score a touchdown, it's six points. If you score a field goal, it's three points. Uh, I, I know Greg Williams just always put a heavy emphasis on red down red zone. Uh, when we get in the red zone, we tighten up, and that's what they've been able to do. You saw against Las Vegas. Vegas has six trips in the red zone. They had three field goals, two touchdowns, and a failed two-point conversion, and Tennessee won 22-24. That was the difference in that game was how they played in the red zone this week against Washington. If you look at the game Sunday, Washington is driving in that last series. You're thinking, uh oh, uh, a team that's lost three straight. And we told you, if you allow this team to stick around, they'll find a way to beat you. But again, they stiffen up. This team is amazing because you would think that a team that gets beat in the passing game, like they've been getting beat all season you would think, okay, this defense is kind of a bend. It's kind of a bend, but don't break. They're going to give up some plays, but they're stingy when it gets in the red zone. And that's really what's been keeping this defense a kind of afloat, uh, especially in the passing game, is the fact that they've been able to rise up 
in really critical situations. So I've been proud of the way they've been playing in the red zone, and that's that's how you uh, win games in this league. Yeah, the, the issue with with the pass defense, it's it's I don't want to say it's getting comical, but it's so obvious that you know you it, it's like you just shake your head week after week. This this defense or this team has given up fourteen touchdowns through five games. Twelve of them are on passes, and uh, you know that that's already that's already halfway to the number they gave up all last year. They're they're giving up seven point nine yards per attempt, which is just above the the very bottom of this league i i mean they are it, it's it's just it it just you could go on and on with the numbers here and and you know you you alluded to this denard they've got coming up in a five week stretch here kansas city denver green bay cincinnati and philadelphia that's patrick mahomes russell wilson who's struggling but he's still Russell Wilson, right? And he can, mm-hmm. he can throw the deep ball, which has been a problem for this team, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, and then Jalen hurts. And that, you know, that whole, uh, that, that whole Philadelphia offense and what they've got going right now. So that, that starts in, in with the first game of November. And, uh, that, that doesn't, that doesn't leave this staff and this defense much time to, to fix things. But one, you know, one thing I think that could be huge if it happens and and there's there's really no indication of when or if at this point but Elijah Molden has been on injured reserve since the start of the regular season missed most of the preseason and and training camp with injury issues too if Elijah Molden can get back in there and be the slot cornerback that he was for most of last offseason that does two things Number one, it it simplifies Roger McCreary's job. Roger McCreary, you know, he he he's been a success story. Uh, you know, he he gives up a few too many completions, statistically speaking, but gets guys to the ground. Is good in coverage. Uh, you know, he gave up uh, hell. He gave up a touchdown Sunday that you can't fault him for. You know, the, the receiver makes an insane one-handed catch when he's when, when McCreary is in position. But but McCreary can. You know he's been going inside and outside based on the the personnel groupings and whatnot. If you if if Molden can get back in there, you you leave McCreary on the outside, which makes his life easier. It improves communication, and then you're not having to search between Terrence Mitchell and Caleb Farley and and Trey Avery and and whoever else you might put out there. You know who do we trust today? Kind of thing to to take a chance with on the outside, and and I guess the same thing can be said of Ugo Amadi, who has missed a couple of games here recently. You know that that's kind of the that's kind of the reason they traded it for him was to have a slot guy. You you just get one of those guys in there playing the slot. I think uh, I think it will it you know maybe maybe this won't ever be a a great pass defense this year, but it it, it certainly has to calm things down if they can uh if they can do that and, and john i you know i'll, I'll uh i i guess along these lines it this is the bye week it, big break now you know players aren't going to be practicing all week they're not going to be and they're not going to be grinding through things but coaches are going to be working coaches are going to be planning what uh you know what what other things do you think this uh this coaching staff can do can dream up or can can start getting back to this week that will help this team somewhere 
Um, you know, I, I look at, at maybe two or three, um, you know, areas that kind of need focus, I think. Um, one, um, pass protection. You know, I think one of, one of the uh, um, sort of good stories really over the first three weeks was, hey, this, this offensive line that is so much different personnel that has been dealing with injuries, hey, they're holding up pretty well. They've only allowed four sacks in the first three games. Uh, that, that trend has kind of gone the other direction um, pretty hard the, the last two weeks. Um, you know, a combined uh, eight sacks uh, of Ryan DeHanna, Tannehill in the in the last two weeks. And it looked um, like it was going to be 20 on Sunday. Yes, out of the yes it did. And, and, I, and honestly, I was worried for his health there. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's the interesting thing, too. We all know Ryan Tannehill's had this incredible streak of starts for the Titans. You know, I think it's around, what, what, 50 or so now, and 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 every time now he goes back, you're starting to wonder: Is this going to be the you know the the hit that, that brings that to an end? But um, yeah, and and he and he had some incredible efforts. I thought just to get rid of a couple passes, uh, you know, without getting getting sacked as well. But I think they need to find a way, um, you know, whether it's more chips, more more help, especially those those tackles. Um, you know, are, are really struggling. I think you know, Daly is just not. It wasn't cut out to be, I don't think, a starting left tackle in the NFL for a full season. And we're starting to see that kind of go uh, in, a, in a bad direction. And and Nicholas Petit-Frere, I think, is, is certainly going to be a pretty good right tackle uh, in, in this league. But he's still raw, and, and he still needs some help, too. And I think both those guys are, are, are struggling a bit, so they need some help there. Um, and, and then uh, certainly... Yeah, I know you guys touched on this before, but the X plays are, are ridiculous. You know, for 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 a team that has put such an emphasis on that, you know, game after game after game, uh, the the numbers now are, are pretty incredible. They've given up 15 plays this year already of 30 yards or more. Uh, all last year they gave up 24. Um, and, and just to compare what the, what the offense is doing, the offense, the Titans' offense only has four plays of 30 yards or more, or more this year. So. Better pass pro, cut back on those X plays, and and if they can unravel the great mystery of the second half, uh, and and you know finding some ways to to deliver a little bit more consistency in terms of the second half drives, you get some of those three three problems uh, cured. You know I think you're off to a pretty good start in the second half, or not the second half, but following the bye week. Denard, when you were a player and and you got this break in the season, did you spend time? reviewing game film watching yourself doing whatever or did you get as far away from football as you possibly could for a couple days and and try and recharge that way what did what did, what did you find was the best way to handle this time I, I was on the first flight out of Nashville to Dallas <laughs> I was out of there you know what it, this is a time where you need to use this time to get away because when you come back you're gonna have what is it 12 straight games and 12 look straight, who's, yeah 12 straight. And look, you got Kansas, you got Patrick Mahomes when you come back from the bye. Then you talk about Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. And right now, the the first, the MVP right now, you're talking about that monster out in Philly uh, hurts. He is playing lights out. And this schedule is going to get hard. This team is about to be tested. And so right now, what you want to do is get mentally away from this game because this may be the last time you get arrested a long time, so use it. And also, if you're a, a player, what you want to do is to make sure you you look at and you review the first half of this season 
and and try when you go home think about little things about what you can work on to get better and for me being a secondary guy and looking at this defense I, I can pinpoint things and one thing about the secondary what they're going to have to do if they're going to be a, a ch- if they're going to make a run uh, to the playoffs they've got to tighten up this uh, second uh, their coverage because when you're giving up a 75-yard bomb, that's what gets you beat. You can have a quarterback that can throw for 400 yards and you still, they might have 10 or 15 points. We saw that Sunday, but you can't continue to give up these plays and expect to come out on, on top because you got some great teams that you're about to play coming up. Well, talk us through that too. You know, Caleb Farley. Uh, I, you know, we we. I don't want to. I don't want people to think we're just banging on Caleb Farley every chance we get. But but he gave up the big one Sunday where he was he was running with the guy, and and all of a sudden he sort of like reached for him, and, and then, you know, he he loses a step or a step and a half or so, and 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 the guy's gone down the field. When you were watching that play, what did what did you think he was trying to do? What did you you know what what happened there? He looked like he was discombobulated. Um, that's what happens when you're not playing with confidence. You're out there. You know, when you play this position, when you look at guys like Jalen Ramsey and you look at him before pregame and they're talking a lot of noise, Jalen Ramsey said the reason that he talks noise is because it puts pressure on him to go out there and back it up. And cornerback is all about a position. When you play secondary, especially on those corners, on those perimeter, it's about confidence. If you go out there and if you feel like you're going to get beat, you are going to get beat. That's just the way it works. I've been there. I know what it's like to play with confidence. I can remember my last year in Nashville. I wanted people to throw at me. It was a pleasure and an honor because I believed that I could make that play, and I did. And so it's all about the mental preparation Uh, going forward and that's something that Caleb has to learn and when you look at this Washington team these receivers hey man they was out their best receiver in Jahan Dotson their stud out of Penn State so when you look at uh, Dami Brown I mean we're talking about guys that we really wasn't uh, expect to make that much of a contribution Tarek McLaurin those players made some huge gains some huge, huge plays which led to a lot of points for Washington so again if they can just it just go out there with the mentality of regardless of what's going on, learn to tighten it up and they can be a good secondary, but it's, it's, it's all mental. That's what's going on right now with Kayla Farley. It's just mental. And the way that you get through this mental, uh, I call it drainage right now that he's going through is just learn how to make a play. And just what you do is take one play at a time. If you can do that and make a play, I'm telling you, it could galvanize your career. I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah, Diami Brown, a second-year guy who had no touchdown catches last year, had two catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns in this one. Um, you know, similar to Mac Hollins two weeks uh, earlier with the Raiders coming in here to Nashville and and lighting it up. Uh, it, it's funny too to think about early in the season, Mike Vrabel was making lists of uh, you know coaches being on the hot seat or potentially being fired. I think every, anyone who follows this team closely knows that was never the case. And, and certainly it, it, it's not the case now, but the NFL has had its first coaching casualty in, in Matt rule at, at Carolina and, and John Glennon, there's some, uh, there, there's some talk that, you know, Carolina might start dumping players as the, as the trade deadline approaches. And uh, is there anyone on that roster? If that starts happening, the Titans should be looking at maybe making a deal for. 
Theoretically, you know, certainly we know how how much the Titans are struggling at wide receiver after the trade of A.J. Brown, uh, you know, and and Traylon Burks is out. You know, so automatically you look at a guy like a a D.J. Moore, you know, who, again, if the Panthers are going to try to reset everything now that the coach is gone, you know, maybe they fire sale some of these players as well. And D.J. Moore, you at least would have to to kick the tires on. This is a guy who's had, uh, you know, he was a 2018 first round pick. He's had over 300 catches in the, in the past four years, um, you know, so he's, he's certainly quite a talent. There's no doubt he could he could be a big contributor. But unfortunately, the, there are other things that, that come along with that, too. One of those is that the D.J. Moore just signed a, a big contract in this past offseason, three years, 62 million. And if one of the reasons that you dealt A.J. Brown to Philadelphia is that you didn't necessarily want a whopper uh, sized, um, you know, wide receiver contract at this present time. Well, you know, you're, you're going right down that, that, uh, avenue again. And I think the other question you have to ask is, you know, are the Titans right now as presently constructed, are they kind of that one player away, one wide receiver away that, that you would give up, you know, whether it would have to be a very high, high draft pick in order to bring in DJ Moore. And, and I just don't know. If you look at the Titans roster right now and the injuries that they have, if you're if you're willing to to make that move and and pick up a, a guy like a DJ Moore, if indeed he's available. And with that, we will uh, we will wrap up this episode. It uh, the time moves quickly, and as I'm sure the players will find out, this week will go much more uh, much more quickly than than they would like. But uh, but we will be back next week with a with another round of discussion by we i mean former titans cornerback denard walker denard thank you as always thank you and also uh maybe a uh, Cortland sutton may be available in Denver. There, yeah there you go there's another <laughs> there's another name and uh john glennon of all titans at si.com john thank you okay thanks guys and i am david beauclair of all titans at si.com this is the believe in titans podcast Brought to you by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.